0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Nine Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be previewing that big game on Sunday. Chelsea, the European champions, come to the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal go into it off the back of an opening day defeat, a, a pretty abysmal one as well. But it's not all doom and gloom. Made a couple of signings. Uh, Looks like we're going to get that Ramsdale announcement very, very soon. And uh, look at Arsenal's, if you look at Arsenal's recent record against Chelsea, there's no reason why we can't have some hope, at least, going into this one. I know a lot of you in the chat will disagree, but I am feeling uh, as though there is, something to be optimistic about going into this game so as I say on this edition we're going to be looking ahead to that one I'm going to be sharing with you guys the 11 that I would pick uh, as well as uh, talking you through the team news and getting your thoughts from the live uh, chat box Uh, let's say a big hello to everybody watching us live at the moment if you're watching us on YouTube hope you're well make sure you hit the like button even if you're watching it live or on replay it doesn't make a difference. The likes really, really help. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, We'd love to have you as part of the Chronicles of Aguna family. And uh, without further ado, then, let's get into it. So, I talk about the game between Arsenal and Chelsea. And again, you know, there is a lot of negativity around it. There's a lot of Arsenal fans out there who feel as though it's virtually impossible for Arsenal to take anything away from this game. I think it's going to be difficult, but I don't think it's impossible. And, um, Call it stupid optimism, call it whatever you like. But I think, as a fan, you always have to have some kind of uh, some kind of optimism leading into the game. Surely, I mean, if you look back at last season, we weren't fancied. Last season, we were terrible. Last season, it was the worst season uh, Arsenal had ever had, according to many people out there. Yet we managed to defeat Chelsea on Boxing Day by three goals to one. That really was the catalyst that particular fixture for Arsenal turning their form around. And then, of course, we won at Stamford Bridge in May. Uh, So the recent record shows that Arsenal can compete with Chelsea. We've uh, been unbeaten in three of the last four Premier League meetings between the two sides. Therefore, I think to say that we've definitely lost this game or that the result is a foregone conclusion, for me, is a little bit disrespectful to the Arsenal. Now, again, I know there'll be Arsenal fans themselves out there that feel as though there is uh, there is no hope, that feel as though I'm being optimistic, that I'm being positive. And look, I'm not saying categorically that Arsenal are going to go to the Emirates on Sunday, play against Chelsea, the European champions, um, wipe them out, batter them, completely dominate them and put them to the sword. I'm not saying that. But if you can't go into a game with any optimism whatsoever, then sometimes I question what the hell is the point? You look at the Chelsea side, it is very, very strong. But as many of you are pointing out in the chat box, actually, Arsenal have got a bit of a habit of pulling these results out of the bag when everybody gives us uh, zero chance and uh, zero hope whatsoever. Now, I'm going to start off by uh, looking at the Chelsea side that I expect to play in this game. And then we're going to bring to you the Arsenal side that I would pick. Now, I'm going to stress that point. I stress it on every one of these shows, but it is the side I would pick. And not necessarily the side I don't think um, that, not necessarily the side that I think Mikel Arteta is definitely going to go with. So let's uh, let's go through the Chelsea side first. Let's have a look at how they are expected to line up. Now, there was talk about Angolo Kante being unavailable. However, it seems as though he has been past fit. Also, it looks like Romelu Lukaku is fit and ready uh, to start. As well, So this is the side that we expect to line up for Chelsea. Now, bear in mind, we're not Chelsea experts here, okay? So we could get one or two players wrong, but I expect it to be Edouard Mendy in goal. I'm expecting a back three of Shalabar, Christiansen, and Rudiger with Azpilicueta and Marcus Alonso playing in the wing-back positions. I think it will be a midfield two of Jorginho and Angolo Kante with Christian Pulisic and Mason Mount providing support to Romelu Lukaku. Now, that's a pretty formidable side on paper. It really, really is. Uh, some of you are saying that Pulisic's out with COVID. Fair enough. Um, wasn't aware of that. We'll take him out of the team. But there are other options, the likes of Kai Havertz and other people as well um, that Chelsea could turn to. Let's change that. Uh, now, let's say that Havertz is going to be the one Uh, to come in instead. There you go. I've amended that for those of you watching on the video. So that's the side that we think might start. Some of you saying no Werner. Werner could play. You never know. Uh, Timo Werner has been uh, somebody that Thomas Tuchel's turned to quite often in the so-called big games, where he's used him to kind of split defences open and and pull people apart. He is very quick. He is very effective in his running. Uh, Timo Werner hasn't scored Uh, as many goals as Chelsea fans would have liked, but there's still uh, a lot that Timo Werner offers to the side. So that's the team or there or thereabouts that I expect Chelsea to select. So how should Arsenal line up against Chelsea? Well, I don't think there's too much um, debate to be had here. I know there are a lot of Arsenal fans that will feel if we are going to continue the season, playing with a 4-2-3-1, that that is what we should do against Chelsea, that we should stick to our guns, stick to our principles and move forward. However, I disagree. I think that for Arsenal to find a way of nullifying this Chelsea side that has it all, it has work rate, it has control in possession, it has quality, it has pace, it has strength. I think that you've got to change it to a back three. I, I do. I think you've got to marry up, uh I'm oh, sorry, mirror the formation that Chelsea go with. I think that formation is something that Thomas Tuchel's put in. And I don't think Arsenal are good enough necessarily to say, no, you know what? Don't worry about what they're doing. We'll play our game. We'll play our way. I think Arsenal really do need to work out a way of nullifying this Chelsea side. We know that Marcus Alonso is a real threat down the left-hand side. We know that him getting forward down the left allows Mount or whoever else it will be in that slightly more advanced position to drift into those half spaces, which causes us a problem. And I always think it's easier to deal with players drifting into those particular areas when you have three centre-backs. I think you can cover the ground better. You don't get pulled out of position so much. And so, I think with the movement that they have in those forward areas, it is really, really important that Arsenal do uh, line up with a back three. So this is the team that I would pick and we'll run through it bit by bit. So we've said we're going to go with a back three. And my back three would be, well, starting with the goalkeeper, so back four would be Bern Leno. Now, there is talk that Aaron Ramsdale will be available, though we're still yet to have confirmation on the transfer, official confirmation at 4.30pm on the Friday evening. Now, we could still get it. We don't know if Arsenal have managed to register him in time. I think the deadline is uh, Friday midday, so we haven't heard that they have, but we don't know that they haven't. So, there is a possibility that Ramsdale was in the squad. Also a possibility that he's not, though. Therefore, Burn Leno stays in goal. And I don't think that I'd change that regardless of whether Ramsdale's available or not. I don't think you can come into a club, have, you know, not even a training session and walk straight into the team. I think when you're talking about special talents, when you're talking about Lionel Messi's or the Alexis Sanchez's or the Messi Ozil's that we've signed in years gone by, it's a very different thing. But we're talking about Ramsdale needs to acclimatise to the club and that hasn't played much pre-season football, I don't think. I know he's been left out of some of Sheffield United's uh, Carabao Cup games, so I don't know uh, what that means in terms of his match fitness. But either way, whether he's available or not, he's not in my starting lineup. Now, interestingly, I'm going to stick Kieran Tierney in at left centre-back. I think he showed for Scotland that he can do that role pretty well. I think he also showed um, at periods with Arsenal that he could do that uh, role quite well as well. So I'm not against the idea of Kieran Tierney being tucked in field and playing as part of that back three. I know it it, it kind of limits us in terms of what he brings on the left flank, but I've got a contingency plan for that. So not worried about that just yet. Now in the middle this is the interesting one for me because I've trying to, I've been trying to make a decision on whether I want to see holding or Pablo Marie as the uh, as as the the central center back. I think that Pablo Marie has got a lot of qualities. I think he brings the ball out of the defense really well. I think he's really comfortable on the ball. But I thought physically he struggled against Sheffield United, United, against Brentford the other night. And I fear he'll have the same issues when he comes up against somebody like Romelu Lukaku. Therefore, I'm going to go with Rob Holding. Now, this is interesting because Rob Holding, when he has played in a back three for Arsenal, has actually looked a lot better. The problem is that when he's played in a back three and looked competent and comfortable in a back three, he's played as the right-sided one of that three. And I don't think that... I think you've got to make a decision now. It's either holding or white. Which one of them do you want to take slightly out of their comfort zone and move them away from that right-sided centre-back position? I think holding, um, you know, has a, a lack of pace. I think that holding is at times... A little bit exposed, and I think actually, f- what he does bring though is is a physicality that I don't really see uh, from from Ben White. I, I didn't see it anyway in that game against Brentford. So based on that, I'm going to go with Holding as my central defender, and I'm going to go with Ben White on the right side. I think Ben White will get the opportunity that way to play the ball out. We know that Kieran Tierney can do that as well, but just based on Holding and Marie and that decision that has to be made there. I think Holding, as I say, is more up to the physical battle. I also think that when you have to make the decision out of Holding and White, who both, in my opinion, are better suited to being the right-sided centre-back over three, I think that I'd rather Holding was the one that got pushed into the centre. So that's my uh, back three. Now, the wing-back positions are interesting as well. I think the right wing back position is very interesting and we'll come back to that in a minute. But I think on the left side, it's a bit of a no brainer. I know we lose him as a centre forward, uh, as a centre forward, as an attacker, as a forward, as a creative player. But I think that a lot of Arsenal's creativity does come from the wide areas and there's nobody better really for me, given that Tini is going to be tucked inside in my team to face Chelsea that I think Pakaio Saka has to come in as the left wing back. I think he can do a really, really good job there. Uh, He gets up and down the pitch. He's got that defensive security and stability that will be provided by Kieran Tierney, who can also step forward. Uh, But also, I think when you look at the rest of the team that I'm going to pick, I think you'll understand why this makes uh, quite a bit of sense. Saka obviously didn't start against Brentford, came on uh, in the second half. But according to Mikel Arteta, he feels good. Uh, physically. And there were concerns about that, worries about how quick it would take him to get up to scratch, given his uh, campaign at the Euros with England. Now, the right wing back position is one that there's a lot of debate around. What do you go for? Is it is it Hector Bellerin? Is it Callum Chambers? Is it Cedric? Is it Ainsley Maitland-Niles? For me, it's definitely not Chambers. I don't think Chambers is a wing back. I think he's a right back at a push, but wing back just feels a little bit too foreign uh to Callum Chambers for me personally. I actually wouldn't be completely against playing Bellerin there, but given the situation with Bellerin and how desperate he is to leave the club, I don't think that he should be named in the starting lineup. I feel like it's kind of the wrong thing to do, given that his head is probably not 100% there. Although I do think he has the attributes to play that role quite well. I actually think had Arsenal played him as a right wing back in years gone by, he may not have been um, exposed as much as he was as a as a kind of traditional right back. I think he does prefer being further up the pitch. He does feel more comfortable in those particular areas. But as I've mentioned, the reasons... Uh, I've discussed the fact that he doesn't want to be at the club, the fact that he wants to move on and that there's active kind of things going on behind the scenes to, to hopefully get that move through between now and the end of the window. I don't think he can play. I, I wouldn't pick him. That's me. If I was the manager, I wouldn't be picking players where there is a lot of uncertainty uh, over them unless they are outstanding, unless they are that much better than all your eternity, all your alternative options. And I don't think he is. Cedric is an option for me. I think that Cedric had some good moments last season. I think that when he moved over to the left-hand side, his flaws became apparent and I felt a little bit sorry for him. He'd almost been scapegoated a bit by being pushed into that position and then his form dipped and as a result, he was out of the side and he's never really recovered from that. There are others talking about Nuno Tavares. Now, when we signed the Portuguese defender, we were told that he can play on the right or he can play on the left. But I don't feel comfortable with that. I think the most sensible solution here, and again, I know it's another player whose future is up in the air, but for me, the most sensible solution here, given there's not as much noise about Ainsley Maitland-Niles leaving as there is about Hector Bellerin, I would put Ainsley Maitland-Niles in. I've said it time and time again. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has to make a decision on his career. Does he want to stay at a big club like Arsenal, playing as a wing-back and filling in in certain situations, Or does he want to go elsewhere based on his desperation to play in the center of midfield? Me personally, I would be doing everything I can to convince him that his future is here and that his future is as a right back. Again, I I put a caveat in there. If a big money offer came in for Ainsley Maitland Niles, I'd think twice about it and I would probably move him on if the offer was right. But given he's here, given he's seemingly not going anywhere, I think he can do that job at right wing back. He's proven it before. It gives him a bit of a, uh, you know, a hybrid role between a, a right back, which is where maybe some of us see him. But also as a midfielder, he'll get opportunities to step further forward. He'll be able to tuck in field as well uh, in certain situations. So, yeah, Ainsley Maitland-Niles for me. Now, moving on to the centre of midfield. Now, this is an easy one because of the personnel that we've got available. I know some people were was actually surprised... Uh, to see Mikel Arteta line up the way he did at Brentford. Xhaka and Lakonga were the pair and I would continue that because I think Lokonga uh, showed signs of what a good player he is, of all the attributes that he has. Um, Quite a fan of his. I've, I've talked about him at length on recent podcasts. I think he's someone that brings a lot to the team. He brings us that ball progression. I think some people are talking about maybe El Neni coming in there, and I understand that El Nenny gives you a bit of defensive solidarity, a bit of defensive stability. But I just think if you play El Nenny with three center halves behind him, it just becomes too one-dimensional for me. Xhaka's in there as well for me, alongside Lakonga. But again. Sambi just gives you something different in that midfield. His ability to receive the ball in the half turn and ping balls right and left is something that we don't really have in the midfield. And I think if you take him out of it and you put El Elneny in, because there's no way that Mikel Arteta is leaving Xhaka out and there's no way he should leave Xhaka out. He's very important to this side. But if you're going to go with this system, with this formation, I don't think Mohamed Elneny fits. I'd argue he doesn't fit in any system we play, but I just feel like Lekonga gives you a little bit more. A little bit more ability, a little bit more creativity. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him in action again. Uh, Moving a little bit further forward. Now, this is where it gets tricky because we don't necessarily know the situation with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mikel Arteta said he'd be assessed after training today. He's had the one training session so far after being out with COVID. Lacazette is not available because he is still recovering. Neither is Runarsen, um, another player who was struck down by the virus. So what do you do in these attacking positions? Well, for me, I think I'd do this. I would go, first of all, uh, with Emil Smith Rowe. I'd put Emil Smith Rowe in uh on that slightly left of center position because I think he thrives there. I think he does a really good job there. I think he's able to carry the ball at people, drive at teams, obviously has the ability to pick out key passes as well. And I think with him combining with Bukayo Saka, with Smith-Rowe just tucking that little bit infield and allowing Saka to bomb on on the outside of him, those two, as we've seen, combine excellently together. And I'd be licking my lips, really, at that left side of that Arsenal team. Tierney uh, as the left centre-back, Saka playing on the left wing back position, getting up and down that pitch, making things happen, using his fitness, his his um, you know, his energy, pinning back Cesar as equator and then Emile Smith Rowe coming over to join that party just feels like a really exciting prospect. On the other side, I'd uh, I'd go with Nicolas Pepe. Now he didn't have the best game at Brentford Nicolas Pepe, but I still believe he's a player that always has a goal in him always has a big moment in him. And, and we've seen that, as particularly uh, during the back end of last season. I thought he was really, really impressive. Now, in the centre-forward position, this is where I'm not sure, because I'm not sure about how fit Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is. Now, if Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is fit, I think he could really thrive in this system. I think when we've played this way under Mikel Alteta in games gone by, actually, we've managed to get Aubameyang in really good and decent positions. The question mark, though, as I keep saying, is, is he fit enough? How fit is he? If he's fit, Aubameyang starts for me. He does, because I think you you can't go into these games again with, with somebody like Balogun up top. Now, I really like the kid, and I think he's going to go on to have a fantastic career, but I don't see him as being ready just yet. Therefore, my first option, uh, first choice is Oba. But in the event Oba is unavailable, then I'm going with Martinelli. Now, I know Balogun is a natural centre-forward. Martinelli isn't. We've talked about this in the past. We've talked about how if Balogun can't get a game when Oba, Laka and Nketiah are all out injured, then he's got no hope. But I didn't see enough from him the other night to warrant his selection. I also am wary of putting him in another game against three dominating centre-backs where he's likely to look a little bit lost um, and then Kind of the backlash that comes with that from Arsenal fans looking at him and saying, you know, he didn't do anything. He didn't impact the game. He's almost being set up to fail, in my opinion. When you look at uh, that system, if you were to put Balogun in there, I think he would struggle up against Rudiger, Christensen and Shalabar. Um, and, And for me, assuming that is who Chelsea play, by the way. Whoever they play as a back three, I think he struggles there. And I just think that Martinelli's got a little bit more tenacity about him. He's a little bit more mobile. He's got a little bit more to his game all round. And therefore, he would be a better option. Also, he's a lot more interchangeable. And I think that's going to be key in terms of mixing things up to try and pull uh, Chelsea the Chelsea defence apart. I think he can pull out to the left and maybe allow Emil Smith-Rowe to drift in field. As a, as a more central player, you can also allow Pepe to come in with Martinelli being able to pull out to the right gives us a little bit more fluidity in those attacking positions, and I think that's really important when you don't um, when you don't want the side to be uh, too predictable. Now, lots of you commenting on the Chelsea team that I've put on here. Look, I said it right at the beginning. I'm not a Chelsea expert. I don't know uh, the full details on their on their. Um, On their team news, I know Kante's been past fit. Don't know how fit. Don't know what Thomas Tuchel will do. This is just to give us an idea. Uh, But my Arsenal lineup, just to recap, for the game against Chelsea at Emirates Stadium on Sunday afternoon is as follows. Bern Leno in goal. I've gone with a back three of Tierney, Holding and White. I've gone with Saka at left wing-back. Ainsley, Maitland, Niles at right wing-back. Xhaka and Lokonga in the middle of the park. Smith Rowe from the left, Pepe from the right, and I'd go with Oba if he's fit through the middle. If not, then i put Martinelli up there. Had Odegaard been fit, I might have changed this up a little bit. i got to be honest. I say, had he been fit, I mean available. We know he's fit. He's not available uh, because of those visa issues. But had he been available, this might have changed my mind a little bit. Um but he isn't. And based on what we've got to work with currently, this is what I do. Now, feel free to drop your lineups in the chat. I'd love to hear from you guys as well, of course, as always. Uh, But that's the side I would go with for the game against Chelsea. Right. uh, Let's take some of your questions in the live chat box as well. Make sure you fill up the uh, chat box, pop the little queue at the beginning so that I can pick them out of the chat nice and easily. Just a couple of quick reminders. First of all, this podcast is brought to you by manscape.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to the website, check their products out, and then uh, you can enter our discount code 19 in 20 to get 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. Uh, you stand to save yourself a fair bit of money, and I promise you, your partner will thank me. Uh, also, we're back playing the Le Bon game this week. So if you're a UK resident and you're over 18 and you'd like to bet against your friends with your Premier League predictions check out the Labom app. It is fantastic. I've been playing with some other YouTubers uh, at the back end of last season, and we've continued it into this season. Rory Jennings, uh, Adam McCola. Elliot Hackney, Lawrence Boovey. We all go head to head every single week. I won last week and I'm back at it again, hopefully to take their money again. uh, Check out the app. You can find the link in the description. Click on it, download it uh, and sign up. Now, if you want to play this weekend with your friends, you need to sign up and register your game by 12.30 on Saturday. That is the deadline. Also, hit that like button if you haven't done so already. I can see there are over... 250 of you watching us live right now. So if you haven't done so, if you haven't hit that like button, what on earth are you waiting for? Smash it. Uh, and subscribe to the channel, of course, if you are new. Right, let's take some of your questions. Uh, Junior Gunner says, let's be honest, the 90 men boys were right, Harry. If you can count three teams in the league you'd love to play against, it would be Arsenal. A bit of pressure or presence, and our defense crumbles. Um The 90 Min gas tank video preview in the weekend is out now. You can find it on the 90 Min channel. Of course, I was representing Arsenal. I don't think they are right. I don't think they are right. I think that is a stereotypical kind of conclusion that they've drawn based on Arsenal in years gone by, which isn't necessarily true anymore. It wasn't true last season. It was kind of true against Brentford. But as we discussed on the tactical analysis video, a lot of that was down to Arsenal leaving themselves exposed by playing with two centre-halves against two centre-forwards. We couldn't cope with it. So I think tactically we got it wrong, rather than it was us being bullied and and all of that. I think we were bullied to a degree against Brentford, but if you've got that spare man, you can often cope with that. And I think Arteta got it wrong in setting up the way he did. So I, I disagree. I don't think they are right. I think that it's become fashion to To take the piss out of Arsenal. It's become trendy to take the piss out of Arsenal. If you listen to TalkSport, they spend most of their time doing that because they know there's so many of us and it riles people up and it gets people calling and it gets people interacting. It just feels like it's lazy when people say that Arsenal stand absolutely no chance in going into the game we may well come out of it and get absolutely battered. But to say that we've we've been beaten and to say that Romelu Lukaku would rather play against uh, against Arsenal than a side fighting for their lives at the bottom of the Premier League table, a side who are significantly worse than us, is nonsense to me. Doesn't make sense. And it just feels like it's another opportunity for the non-Arsenal fans to stick the boot in. So I, I, I got annoyed with that. I, I got Frustrated by that. And I had to say my piece on it. But check out the video. Uh, It's great fun. Uh, My Ohai Guna says, any updates on Gabriel? Gabriel is expected to return to training by the end of the month. So we should see him probably a couple of weeks into September. Fingers crossed. All is okay with his recovery. Uh, What else have we got in the live chat box? Uh, Joe P says, why wouldn't we play Saka as a right wing back? He knows how to play the right and would allow Tavares to play left. Tavares has good work rate and is a threat going forward. I just feel like if Gab- if Gabriel was fit, I would play him as one of the centre-backs. I'd take Kieran Tierney out and I would play Kieran Tierney as the wing-back. And then Tavares doesn't get into it for me. I'm not... Comfortable with Taravish playing on the right. I know I've said he can do it, and I know we've heard reports that he can do it. But I think with your wing backs, the, the primary duty of your wing backs is to give you loads of width. And if they're playing on the wrong side, they're naturally going to cut in field all the time, and there's, they're going to play as inverted wing backs. And I'm not sure that's what you're looking for when you set out with wing backs. So that's my view on that. But as I say, Saka has to be in the team. And if if Gabriel was fit, I play Gabriel as the left-sided centre back, um, possibly even as the central one, um, and I and I leave Tierney at left wing back. But I just think with what we've got available, that was the the best way of shuffling the pack, in my view, anyway. But of course, uh, that's that's just my view. Uh, Armchair Gunner says: of all the rumours on incoming players, who is the most realistic in your opinion? Really tough question because I don't think any of the rumours that we're hearing right now are, are that realistic. That's um, why I haven't talked about them in the last few days, because everything I'm reading just feels like nonsense. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure that Arsenal definitely will 100% go out and do further business. I think there's a possibility that they do now for a number of reasons. First of all, I think they, they expect to be able to move players on. Uh, in the next week or so. But also the fact that they got Martin Odegaard for the fee that they got him for, I think maybe suggests that there is a little bit more money now as a consequence of that to to use in the transfer market. I still don't think we're going to see anything significant happen in terms of incomings, though, until we move players out. Some of you asking for my score prediction. I'll come on to that in uh, just a little bit. Um, Charlie O'Regan says, do you think the atmosphere will be flat on Sunday? I'm going. But there are still loads of empty seats online. I think whoever's in there, I think the atmosphere will be good. I think that the match going fan um, has a responsibility to once the, the game starts, get behind the team. Nothing pisses me off more than being at the Emirates when you can clearly see the side they're going through a difficult period and people are moaning and groaning after the game. If we lose, if the performance ain't good enough, express your view, express your opinion. Even then, I don't 100% agree with it, but I've got more understanding for it. What really pisses me off is the moans and groans between each and every pass. And I think that I would rather the stadium was less full than it was half full of people like that, um, if I'm being completely honest. So I don't think it will be flat. I think that the majority of us will get behind the team, recognise what a difficult task it's going to be against Chelsea, and we'll look to support the boys all the way through. Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Let's say a big thank you to Pete Geary for his very, very uh, kind Super Chat donation. Pete says, both games last season we got to and we had no chance. And look what happened. Absolutely. And that's what I keep saying. You know, football is a weird game. Football is a game that can throw up surprises. And Arsenal have talent within that team to to cause Chelsea problems. Arsenal are at home. The first time we're going to have a uh, near enough full Emirates Stadium. Uh, for a Premier League game in in God knows how long. I just think for me, it's not even a confidence. It's not even a confidence of saying Arsenal are going to go out there and blow Chelsea away. It's just a, a reluctance to kind of write us off, a reluctance to say we've got no chance. I mean, what's the point in turning up if you feel like that? I mean, even when you think about some of these like kind of FA Cup ties in the third round where you get like a non-league side playing a Premier League side and they fill up their stadium and everyone's buzzing and and they'll all tell you publicly that they don't feel that there's a chance, that there's no hope whatsoever of them p- pulling off a giant killing and getting through. But they will go into the game, make no mistake about it, with the tiniest bit, even if it is the tiniest bit, of optimism. Because that's what you go to football for. It's the hope that football brings you. It's the Enjoyment that you get from seeing your team succeed, even if it's at times against the odds. So I think that the gap between us and Chelsea is is big, yes, but we're still both Premier League clubs. We finished six, seven points apart, I think it was last season. So why not? Why can't Arsenal give Chelsea a game on Sunday? We absolutely can, and uh, Pete is absolutely spot on. uh Thank you very much, mate, as well again for your. Uh, very kind donation. Big hello to the Modern Guna as well. Um, Omar says, score prediction, Harry. A few of you asking in the chat for my score prediction. Uh, my score prediction for the game at the weekend is 1-1. Um, that's my prediction. I think we're going to get a draw. Uh, don't know uh, if it's more from uh, the heart than the head. Time will tell. Probably No, actually, it probably is from the heart more than the head. But let's see how it goes. You know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be supporting a team. I'm going to be behind the lads. There's a good chance we do lose, but there's a good chance that we can pull off some kind of result as well. And I think you need to be positive and you need to be optimistic. You really, really do. Right. Uh, let's take a couple more bits and pieces from the chat, I think, and then we're going to wrap it up and go and enjoy the Friday evening. Uh, hopefully try and put the stresses of Arsenal to one side. Um and, uh, and and focus on enjoying the weekend up until that point. Uh, big kickoff in Serie A tomorrow as well, if you're interested in Italian football. And I can tell you what, the Inter-Genoa game, which is on at 5.30 on BT Sport, is going to be a lot better than the 5.30 Premier League game uh, tomorrow, I can tell you that. Maybe not in terms of entertainment, but certainly in terms of quality, because it's Brighton versus Watford, uh, which is in a game I'm overly enthusiastic about with all due respect to those two clubs. Uh, Right. Let's take uh, a couple more of your uh, bits and pieces. Um, Rocco says, uh, are you going to the planned protest? I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, As I've said before, I'm happy to be involved. I'm happy to be part of it as long as it's being done for the right reasons. And the right reasons are the passive ownership style. The right reasons are the club's failure to put the right people in place to do certain jobs. The mismanagement of Arsenal Football Club over the last few years has been nothing short of a shambles But what I don't want to see is people standing there going, spend some effing money, which is always the kind of common line that comes out. And and that's not the issue. And when you make that the issue, you dilute what the actual protest is about. And it does. uh, It does frustrate me. Uh, Let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Mile High Guna says, did you drop your serial show yet? No, Um, I had a a problem with that and uh, I'm going to re-record it at some point tonight. So I, I recorded the podcast. I sat here in front of the microphone, went through uh, the big six in Italy, my predictions for the season, how I thought they're going to get on. And then uh, my file failed to save. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a technical glitch and uh, I'm going to have to redo that. I've got the notes still, so it should be relatively easy to redo. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled on that and I'll get that out ASAP. Uh, right. Uh, what else have we got? Um Brad says, your rating of the transfer window so far, it's been a solid window. It's not been a spectacular window, but it's been a solid window. And as I've said before, I think that Arsenal's first 11, when everybody's fit, is actually okay. I think it we're in with a shout of, of achieving our objectives when everybody's available. The problem is that nobody ever seems to be uh, available, uh, you know, or there never seems to be a time where everybody's available. And I think we suffered from that at various points last season. I think we had to replace David Luiz. We've done that with Ben White, a uh, similar player in terms of his ability on the ball. We had to bring in a midfield cover that could deal with the absence of Thomas Partey uh, because, again, he's injured. And I think that we have done that in La Conga. Not sure he's the finished article yet. Still got a long way to go, but it, positive, what I've seen of him so far. I think we missed Smith Rowe uh, when he was unavailable. I think with Odegaard in the side, we were better and he's returned as well. So I don't think it's the worst uh, transfer window. I don't think it's as bad as some people will make it out to be. Um, You know, there's people in the chat saying three out of 10, four out of 10. Um, You know, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's a, a six out of 10. At this stage, I've got to say, and it might improve if we get the right players out as well. Remember, that is also part and parcel of the transfer window. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, am I mad, Harry, or is it OK that I'm more optimistic this week than I was lost? No, it's absolutely fine because that's what being a football fan is about. If you don't enjoy going to the football, if you don't look forward to the games, if you're not optimistic before things have gone tits up, then what is the point? I always say that. Um, And I've learned actually, since this became my job, to be able to kind of, to, to still see that. I think when it wasn't, I was having to live with the kind of misery that came with it all the time. And I had other distractions from it. But now that this is what I do, if you don't find a way of compartmentalizing disappointment and looking forward to the next game, Then you just end up being miserable all the time, every single day. And I don't think that's good for anybody. Uh, So, no, I think it's absolutely right and spot on. And you should be uh, a little bit more optimistic going into the game. Can't say you'll be feeling that way on Sunday night. But uh, until then, at least, uh, let's be positive. Right. We're going to leave it there. I'll catch you all very, very soon with more Arsenal related content. For those of you asking about the Serie A show, stay tuned to my Twitter feed. I'll drop that. On there, ASAP. I'll catch you all very soon. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.